The Trench Run Report proudly presents Mando Meetings with your hosts, Aaron Russo and Justin Boots Gray. This is the way. Hello and welcome to uh, Trench Run Report. And uh, this is a segment that we, would we like to call uh, Mando Meetings, where we ex exclusively talk about the Mandalorian. Uh, as the intro said in the beginning, I am Justin Gray, and here with me is... Aaron Russo here. We're going to be talking about chapters uh, 6, 7, and 8. If you uh, haven't listened to our uh, uh, previous uh, talks on The Mandalorian, you can check that out at our, on our third and fourth episode called Disney Plus Star Wars Equals. And we have a bonus episode called Mando Meetings where we talk about uh, chapters uh, 3, 4, and 5. And uh, it's, it's been a while uh, since we... Uh, had any content out and we are going to be back uh in full swing as the mandalorian season two comes around hence uh, thus why we are uh doing this right now um and speaking of which we have a free lego giveaway that we're going to be doing very that we're doing right now we'll have more details on that as we uh complete the episode so um let's dive right into uh chapter six uh, the prisoner. So, uh, Aaron, what were your thoughts on that, like in general, before we kind of uh, dissect the episode? Um, definitely uh, the most like action-packed, like just like kind of like high-energy action-packed episode that mm -hmm. they did for sure. Um, definitely the kind of like I feel like it was the darkest episode just in terms of like the characters that he was interacting with all seemed to be pretty dark people, like pretty bad people. Um, and I also thought the action just like, I remember a lot of times watching him and when the action with the, where he, where the Mandalorian was kind of like interacting with the droids and fighting his way out. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, if that, if those were real people, this would be a viciously brutally violent <laughs> sequence here mm -hmm. it's a good thing these are all droids mm -hmm. because it was it was intense but um overall I, I thought it was a very entertaining episode i'm it didn't really tie into the rest of the storyline obviously it was kind of just a standalone mm -hmm. um but still really entertaining uh, i was i was glad to see disney go in a little bit darker direction with that episode and with the characters and stuff like that mm -hmm. yeah and plus uh like as you mentioned uh like dark, darker tone and for those of you who don't know I was working I worked in a gas station like on division and near 28th and uh, it was it, it kind of reminded me of that like as far as like <laughs> atmosphere um, it's not a very good neighborhood um, I had to work behind a glass uh, cage um, some like early in the morning <laughs> So not 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 a very not didn't feel very safe. So uh, it, it kind of felt like that watching this episode. It was like wow, those people's that group was just giving me that kind of vibe. It's just like, <laughs> dude, late this, night gas station <laughs> visitors. Yes. <laughs> um, and like I, I was watching that episode with my mom a couple months ago, and uh, she, she said she really liked that one. Uh, 
um, out, out of all of them. Uh, j just because of like the group dynamic and like how like like you want them to succeed but yet you're like yeah you gotta get out of that group um, so and plus there was like something that um, they didn't really uh, cover in like the rest of the show which the show takes place at like six years after Return of the Jedi and like we kind of get somewhat of a glimpse of the New Republic. Um, like with the with the X-Wings coming in due to the um, homing beacon. but And like the prisoner transport itself. Which mm -hmm. contained mostly um, outworlders and not... I didn't really see any Imperials in the uh, uh, prison transport. So it's mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. okay, at this point is like the Empire like well, well hidden... And, like, they, they're just trying to, like, is the New Republic trying to, like, gain control of the Outer Rim and all that kind of stuff? So, just, just like, minor stuff with uh, the New Republic. Um, we, we still don't know a whole lot about it. How much control does it have in the um, galaxy at this point? Um, and, yes, I haven't read Bloodlines yet, but I did buy the audiobook, so I will definitely get down to that very soon. Um, <laughs> that's a great one so and what actually like not to totally sidetrack from this uh when does uh bloodlines take place like is it like right after return of the jedi or is that like closer to the force awakens i think it's closer to the force awakens if i'm oh, not mistaken okay. i i don't remember it's been a while since i read it um i have it right here actually but i feel like i because I feel like it, it's more of a Force Awakens kind of prequel book than it is a Return of the Jedi sequel book. Oh, okay. I think it, because I think it kind of is, if I remember correctly, in the story, the conversation about the resistance forming and the threat of the First Order, I believe, is a part of that story. Um, so I think it's closer to Force, Force Awakens territory, maybe not, maybe, but it's, um, but yeah, it's definitely definitely ties into the whole that that's that period of time that the new republic mm, okay uh, history political landscape all righty so and uh uh speaking speaking of this uh chapter i thought it was kind of cool that um we got the uh um makings of the mandalorian series as well that showed that it was um done with the uh volume like where mm. like the whole like they uh, actually did like a Skype call, like in the hangar, and they thought that it was an actual set. Mm -hmm. um, I, I thought the whole hangar was like done by CGI because I was like, yeah, there's no way. But they they used the volume and it kind of and like it really looked like they were there. Yeah. So, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm I'm just wondering if they did the same thing with the uh, um, prison transport because I feel like that was more of a set than like them using the volume. It seemed like it, um, and it was pretty. I mean, there was a pretty a lot of closed spaces. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that the volume would be a necessary technology in that mm. environment. But the cool thing is, it's hard to tell, and that's yeah. what makes it so good. So yeah, it's hard to tell if they're like indoors, outdoors, and with the or like whenever they're using the volume. Where are they actually? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. Are they in a physical space mm -hmm. that looks like that, or is it completely... I mean, there's no way that... I mean, a lot of that, the, the sequences on the prison ship have to be in a physical space, I would mm -hmm. guess. I mean, there's just no way. 
there's so much interaction with the environment that yeah it seems like it would have to be physical space so and and the uh, makeup uh, artists really like stepped up their game as far as this one as well mm -hmm. um, I thought the um, makeup on uh, Clacy Brown's character uh, Bert Berg, I think yeah uh, that was really done well um, uh, and like a lot of other characters uh, mm -hmm. the Twi'leks were both of them were like the uh, makeup artist really done a good job with that mm -hmm. um, had a very good like real world effect like it wasn't it was mm -hmm. real it wasn't fake it wasn't CGI it wasn't I'm, as far as I can tell and it was it was yeah to see all that live action that was yeah definitely well done very cool so um and there there was a and this one actually did not have as much uh of the child in it um as the uh, previous episodes mm -hmm. so i thought that was kind of uh, a kind of interesting uh uh route they took with that um and uh yeah i i was I was uh, kind of laughing that uh, that moment where uh, uh, Mayfeld accidentally drops uh, the child uh, during their uh, landing uh, uh, sequence onto the um, prison ship. I was like, oh man, the internet's going to give him so much crap for that. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, like most of his uh, social media um, uh, platforms were just plastered with uh comments like how dare you drop them <laughs> or <laughs> you dropped the internet's baby mm -hmm. oh, oh just you wait <laughs> wait till uh chapter eight then you'll you'll have a field day then um but yeah i, I yeah what, what else what else about the episode um I thought, anything that I, comes I, to mind or I thought it was interesting like the fact that they um insinuated that that the Mandalorian had like this dark past like oh, okay. they insinuated that he used to be from what I could tell one of them you know in some kind of way and that he had worked with these people in the past especially with the the Twilight character with Jean 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 is it Jean like Zion? yeah like yeah. that they may have even had like a relationship before mm -hmm. and she was always very like i know what you're really like you know like that mm -hmm. that stuff but they never really developed it like i never i was like i was like okay that's interesting but i have no idea what they're referring to and they didn't really develop it at all but i thought that was really interesting like so like the mandalorian is you know pulled into this uh situation where he's kind of like you can feel the tension that he feels, right? Like he's trying to live better, live right, to live more ethically than these people. But he's stuck in a, in this mission with them, and he's he's and he's you know confronting his own past or his own demons, I guess. But it would have been nice if they would have maybe given us a little more light into that. But mm -hmm. it's just one episode. But um, I thought that was interesting, um, and I thought the the like I said that that just the the atmospherics around the whole episode like were pretty ominous and pretty mm -hmm. dark and pretty entertaining like it was definitely um just like the physicality of it um the sequences with the mandalorian where he's really kind of shown off his mandalorian skills and using his mm -hmm. weapons and 
creative ways like for an extended sequence was i thought really entertaining that was really cool like that's what you always want to see that's it kind of reminded me a little bit of like the battle between Django Fett and Obi-Wan on in the in Attack of the Clones where it's like oh, you okay, finally yeah. get to see this like extended sequence where you know a Boba Fett type character does all this cool stuff right because mm-hmm. like Boba Fett we never really saw him do much like he just kind of uses jetpack once real quick or mm-hmm. point his gun very menacingly but like um, this that was I thought that was really cool um and like just even like the sound effects, even and the lighting, everything mm-hmm. they did in that, like just was very, very creative, very entertaining. Like, and it wasn't so much the storyline that I thought was the, that was that was impressive, but just the visuals and the action, mm-hmm. and then pulling in that whole idea that he was like used to be one of these like bad actors, and now he's he's not like that. Um, that sequence where they where they're they're where they're trying to you know not have that that uh republic official who's that officer who's on the ship and then they end up killing him and he's trying Mm -hmm. to not kill him i thought that was really good um really created moral complexity like these are not good people that's what i thought that's what i thought like i said before that's what i thought was really like these were not good people like the people in the show in that episode were bad Mm -hmm. there was no like gray area like oh you know or they weren't like kind of cute bad they were bad they were bad for bad sake, right? Like, and I thought that was really, enter- really entertaining that they went that direction. Um, and I, and I love. I mean, obviously, like, <laughs> loved how they got they got theirs at the end, and oh, which yes. was which was also pretty dark, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you're like you're having this moment where you're like, oh, what's gonna happen? And he's like, oh, the X wings are coming, and they're like, oh, he just killed them, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, like. Like it was, it was pretty dark, and I thought that was really interesting, and I like that. I like that, like so, like even even the Mandalorian, right? Like he's he's got a little dark side to him too, right? Like mm-hmm. he's, he 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 he's like he took revenge on them in some way, um, and of course, I mean, who didn't love the Dave Filoni and and oh, you know, yeah. the Dem- whole Republic, the Demo just Brown and uh, Rick. yeah, I mean that's just yeah, cool. That was... I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I'm I'm one of those fans. It's like. I love that kind of stuff. I love cameos. I love fan service. You know, give me a straight, you know, old, old, old trilogy, original trilogy X-Wing scene mm-hmm. with like cameos in it. I think that was brilliant. Um, and, 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 that, and like I said, that, that was a really cool ending to the episode. Like, mm-hmm. like it was like, oh, mm, oh, yeah. Okay. Kill those guys. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, like, just hearing you talk, it kind of just brought up a question that came to my mind. And it's like, how, and I I don't know where it came from, but it's a really good question that I'm even just pondering myself. And it's uh, this, uh, how much of the Mandalorian's actions do you think will impact the child later on? How do you mean? Like, um, like, the more he hangs out with him, like, like, what is the child picking up from him? Mm. and like they they do address it in the next chapter uh you know in a like in a way uh like like where uh him and the mando and carl cardoon are arm wrestling and he's thinking that someone's hurt yeah that they're they're, yeah like he's actually taking action about it right 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 (laughs) interesting thought interesting thought so how's that gonna play out in season two well, that's a whole. That's now we're like, really. That, that's like that's a, a whole other rabbit trail. Like even like I've mm-hmm. heard people talking about. I've heard some people talking about stuff on YouTube. Like, 
Like, does Baby Yoda, like, are we actually sure that he's a light side or dark side force user? Oh, boy. Yeah, that's like a whole Because <laughs> of the whole, like, force choke move that he makes, you know, which it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to, like, there's really, that's the only way he can, right. I guess, move, move his hand, but, like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but uh, yeah, that is interesting. Like, right? Like, it's like to what degree is he like this innocent child who's right. going around with a bounty hunter who's in all these questionable circumstances? Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Never thought about that. Certainly, mm-hmm. you know, and and that and, and when you mentioned that, also like there is that sequence with where where these ruffians, you know, they all interact with Baby Yoda, and mm-hmm. and and. I don't, you don't like that, right? Like, right. like was, you don't like that baby Yoda is being exposed to these very bad people mm-hmm. and that he's being threatened in some way. And I love that they did that, that piece where you're like th- that moment when like the, he was, I think there was a moment, right? Like where baby Yoda's about to use the force on them. Uh, and, on the direct. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Oh, you guys think you just got a little cute baby there that you can apparently be mean to. But he could kill you, right? right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I thought that was really interesting. Like, just that whole, you know, like, this cute little innocent baby, but watch out. Like, mm-hmm. and maybe that does speak to what you're saying. Like, you know, as he's in this environment, you know, he's going to learn that there's danger and then and, and, and learn how to react to that danger, maybe in a violent way. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, that, that was, a, I mean, I think that episode was... I, on the on the level, I mean, like I, I I've not I've not been a fan. I was not a fan of season one in the sense that I felt like there were too many standalone episodes, like mm-hmm. too many episodes that just stood on their own and didn't really develop the story. I right. mean, other than giving us more interaction between Baby Yoda and, and the Mandalorian, um, but on just pure entertainment value, just pure like you know. And this was for me the most entertaining, I think, episode mm-hmm. um, of all of them. Um, and I thought it was, I mean, there were point parts of it that were a little overdone, but I thought overall it was, it was, it was entertaining. It was, and I, I think it was, I think for me, the best thing about it was just seeing Disney go a few places. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. All right. You know, have, have you watched the, the live action Mulan yet? Uh, I haven't. No? Mm-hmm. No. So like the live action Mulan... I had the same thought as I was watching that is that there's a lot of violence in that movie. It's a PG-13 Disney mm-hmm. live action movie. And but there's no blood. I mean people are getting sliced and diced and stabbed and mm-hmm. and and there's no blood, which is similar to this episode, right? The Mandalorian right. is like wreaking havoc on people, on on living beings and droids and mm-hmm. it's violent for Disney, but there's no blood, right? Um but still, like I, I was, I like, I'm, I'm glad. That I think that Disney, Disney sometimes I think gets too worried about like, like the, oh yeah, like they the, they, the, they want to keep the, it for kids as well, family friendliness mm-hmm. part of it, and and I get that, like I get, I mean, like that's your, I mean, that's how they've become a multi billion dollar company, right? But like, mm-hmm. but like I like that they've been willing to go a little bit further because it, I think a lot of times with Disney, the Disneyfication or whatever you want to call it of right. things. It takes away from the story, right? Like, mm-hmm. It's like because it's just like that's not real. Like that's not that's not real. Like the world isn't that nicey nice, and the world isn't you know. And there's ways you can show that without like like not, without doing it Game of Thrones style or you right. know, something mm-hmm. where it's like you know it's just like dismemberment and gore and just vicious brutal violence, right? Mm-hmm. There's a place for that, right? But like, I I enjoyed this episode in the sense that 
it went a little darker, a little bit more action, a little bit more moral gray area around the Mandalorian and his behavior. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely one of my favorite episodes. And I like I like that the bad guys were so bad that they were almost too bad. Right. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind of like it was a little heavy handed, and I thought that was kind of cool too. So I kind of put this up on like my top five. Um, like overall atmosphere, as you said before, really made the bad guys look bad, and and it did a really great job of that. Um, still, still. Um, I mean, it's it's still pretty. I mean, like yeah, as you said before, entertainment value. It's really great, um, and I, I think at that point I was just kind of wondering like where this goes, like as far as the bigger story. But yeah, it is a very much its uh, own story, uh, um, or maybe they kind of refer back to this in season two. Who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, let's let's move on to uh, chapter seven. This is like where the story kind of, the big whole story comes back uh, into play uh, where uh, Grief Karga um, sends a message out to the Mandalorian saying that the Imperials haven't left they've in fact grown and that um, he's hoping that they can take him out to um, oh, dang it, where, what the plan, what's the plan of Snake? Navarro uh, okay it's, it, I, don't, I don't know why I keep forgetting like planets and character names and then all of a sudden when I'm like like right there and then it just comes to me it's kind of weird. Anyway, um, so he wants him to return to Navarro to take out the um, uh, the client, and then uh, he'll lift the uh, bounty off of him and the child. Which, are, and then then he goes. Then the Mandalorian uh, gets help from uh, multiple places and with characters that he already interact with, interacted with, um, like uh, Cardoon and. Uh, uh, Agnat, which we actually get his name in this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Quill. And then uh, the return of IG-8, which was... Uh, uh, I actually went back and listened to uh, um, our uh, Mandalorian talk on uh, episodes 3 and 4, and we were kind of wondering about IG-8, why he got taken out so quickly. Right, right. Will he come back? Because mm-hmm. he was so prominently featured in the marketing materials. Yes. Mm-hmm. Was he going to be like Darth Maul and just show up and leave? Right. <laughs> So that that really answered our question and uh and yeah, I'm I'm glad they that he returned. Though though like the character I felt was a little bit different than what than the character that we were introduced to a little bit in a way. Uh it's because of uh Quill's uh reprogramming, but I still think that it was it was a welcomed one. Mhm. Um so what 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 are your thoughts on uh um uh, episode as a whole uh i i i liked it i liked that it brought us back into the main storyline mm-hmm. like it brought us back to the story that started in at the beginning of the season which i figured they would eventually do but there was a part of me that was like after, after like f- what four filler episodes or five no there was there, there four, was just three three mm-hmm that I was like, well, are we are we going to get back into the story? And I, I mean, we had to eventually, right? right? But like, so it was nice to see that happen. I was glad that they pulled that back in before the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I I um, I thought the I I like the um, that was int- the interesting that the um, the the fight that Cara Dune was in 
Mm-hmm. With in the in the whatever that you know the, the wasn't a I don't know was it a cantina or whatever that place was on Sorgan that mm-hmm. like the the and that that whole idea that they had that like digitized tether that was oh, yeah. like you know and how she was you know she's she was she was pretty pretty formidable right she was mm-hmm. kicking ass and she was she was she was that I thought that was really cool um, and again I thought that was like pretty dark like it was pretty violent mm-hmm. and this is a main character who's a hero character and she's violent she's 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 fighting um and she gave her an edge right like she's a fighter she's a survivor and she knows she's not afraid to like hurt or kill someone to protect herself mm-hmm. um so i thought that was interesting um i like how they brought grief Karga back in like it kind of reminded me a little bit of Lando Calrissian, like the last couple of episodes. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. he's a respectable guy now. You know, I'm trying to, I've got my city here, and it's, it's going to pot. You know, like mm-hmm. trying to trying to be respectable. Um, but I like I like the tension that they created around, like you know, like, should he go back? You know, like because I, the last time we saw Grief Karga, right, the Mandalorian yeah. shot him. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> And for all intents and purposes, didn't know if he was dead or alive, or assumed that he was dead until he saw the hologram. So, like, I like that tension, like that, mm-hmm. that, like, okay, like, he's asking him to go, and he's like, <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's right. like that intrigue piece, you know, of like, mm-hmm. can you trust this guy, you know? And and they have these mutually benefit, like, they have mutual interests that yep. they can serve for each other, but they mm-hmm. also don't trust each other, right? right? Um, so I thought that was really cool. And I like that. I like how they, I think we probably talked about how Cara Dune also disappeared and was she going to come back? And she yep. came back. In yeah, this we, we did. We did do that as well. So, so it was cool to see that all come back together and kind of get like all those familiar characters back in, you know, all the characters that were introduced in the first part of the season. Um, and then, and you know, all the, all the stuff that happened on when they all got back, I thought was really interesting. Um, kind of reminded me of a lot of like old school original Star Wars like Tatooine kind of stuff like mm-hmm. it was kind of it has that western feel you know like that high noon feel like where they show up back in town you know oh yeah <laughs> you know what I mean so I thought that was pretty cool I thought that was pretty cool and like as you said and basically like the trust thing I was I was actually even uh, like yeah, I, don't, I don't know this seems a little too good then uh, when he took out the two, like his uh, uh, protection, like his bodyguards, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, okay, yep, we, we know where, he, right. where he's at like, right. as far as like, right. the plan. So. We skipped over the, we, um, the, the whole reprogramming mm-hmm. of IG-11. Yep. Which I thought was really, I, I really thought that was really interesting and entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, like one is just like Quill's character, like the way he's like he's right. kind of like this, almost like a Yoda-like character. He's very wise and mm-hmm. sage, and he's he sees like like he's like even like thinking back to like how how like the Mandalorians like just wants to flame the Jawas, and he's like no 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 no, mm-hmm. we just have to talk this through. And like when when IG Eleven shows up, the Mandalorians like you know we're, we're ready to torch you know destroy him again. Mm-hmm. He's like, well no no no, I reprogrammed him. 
Um, and those scenes were really humorous, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, the edge. Like, like he's like, uh, what? And he's clearly reprogrammed, serving them tea mm-hmm. or something like that. So I thought that was very cool. And it, and IG 11s character in these two last two episodes was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, really well done. Um, but yeah, I like that whole component and how that that you know like they're reunited, but now IG 11 is on their team and he's and you're still like. Not sure, like, is he really fully program reprogrammed? You know, mm-hmm. which also kind of reminded me, obviously, probably of K two S O, right? Like right. The whole, you know, you reprogram a droid to be a good guy, but mm-hmm. like K two S O was still a little rough around the edges. Oh yeah, <laughs> but but I thought that was interesting. I like that. Um, and yeah, and then like the, the all of the the whole the whole sequence of like the reunion, the, mm-hmm. the reengaging between. Grief, Karga, and 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 the Mandalorian and Cardoon was very, very well done. The, the tension was really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like just a little thing that I like didn't uh, realize on the first viewing is that like um, that he kind of had uh, that Quill had to uh, um, train IG from the ground up, like even basic functionings, and uh, I realized that like when he was like lifting up one of the boxes that it actually fell on all the creatures uh i, I didn't catch that the first time and then like and then later on like he shoes it away and then puts it down so i thought that i thought that was kind of a uh nice callback um and plus like the reprogramming um i, I know this is going to be like something that we'll probably touch on later on but i feel like that i kind of saw a little bit more quill in ig 11 uh, due to the programming Mm -hmm. uh which that kind of like adds a little more like emotional weight to the late later chapter so Mm -hmm. but we'll we'll dive a little bit more into that once we hit chapter eight one of the one of the scenes too that i thought was i just remembered looking looking at it was um and i remember it was significant because it was right in at the same it was right coinciding with rise of skywalker because you had that scene where where um whatever those like bantha uh not bantha um oh uh blurgs no 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 the flying ones oh i forgot yeah they they, the, they, didn't, they didn't name them they didn't name I mean, them i think they but they I mean, said like they were on... they were an offshoot of what's those creatures that are flying around in empire strikes back inside the, the weren't they didn't they say they were like an off off like a like a species offshoot of Minox or something like that? Maybe not. I don't yeah, know. I, uh, I, don't, I feel I like don't they know. did say that. But anyway, obviously the main point of that was right. the scene with Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Like force healing. Yes. Grief Karga. Uh-huh. Which, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was, it was like that a was, couple days before Rise of It was of before Rise of Skywalker. And we'd never seen that before. And then we saw it in The Mandalorian and in Rise of Skywalker. This whole force healing thing, mm-hmm. which we've never seen before, um, that I'm aware of, um, I thought that was interesting, and it was interesting just how I think it was interesting how uh, it reminded me of that first sequence with the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda when the Mandalorian got hurt mm-hmm. and he tried to heal him and he right told him to stop it or get him away or didn't know what he was doing, mm-hmm. and the same thing happened here, and it's like, oh, and, and then he heals him, and you're like, right whoa wait a minute like this Mm -hmm. is you know and it it was an interesting it was kind of like a moment where like baby yoda you know like as as a as a character the child 
now he's not everybody knows this isn't just some cute little right you know you know promotional character <laughs> that's carried around like this is inexplicable right like there's something otherworldly about this this character um and i thought that was really well done i thought that that was very 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 well done i liked that scene a lot um and i think it was uh, it'll 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 be remembered as like you know one of the classic moments of that character's development mm-hmm. of the baby of the the child i should say the child baby Yoda, the child. yeah yeah uh, I, I mean i i can i i know my ocd is a little bit heavier than others but i don't i don't care if you call it baby Yoda or the child um i will definitely not correct you um but yeah but yeah that that, that see i was i was kind of that was very interesting because like the release day for that one was actually uh wednesday as opposed to the normal Friday, Friday release, to, because but that the, was because of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and I'm, I'm part of me is just kind of wondering: did they do that intentionally and like have the healing scene kind of like be already present before they introduce it in Rise of Skywalker? I I find I, it. I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of doubt that they had that much forethought to think about all that. I think right. it was a coincidence, probably. Um, but I remember that being significant. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that happened twice now, so that's yeah. established. Mm-hmm. Now that can be used in going forward in the Star Wars universe, right? This mm-hmm. force healing skill. So, um, and like there was something. There was like I was having having a chat with a friend about the force healing thing, and uh, at that, he was like, "Why wasn't that taught in the Jedi Order?" And I'm like, "Well." Let, let's kind of look at it this way. Um, I think I think there is kind of a give and take with the Force. Um, if you're going to try to heal somebody close to death, then you're going to lose a significant amount, amount of uh, power at the time being. Um, I don't know if that's officially canon or not, but that's why I kind of got with the Rise of Skywalker. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and why Obi-Wan didn't heal Qui-Gon Jinn like that, it probably would have killed Obi Wan as as well, and I think and and I think and I think the Jedi Order was more um, not trying to cheat cheat death, but look at it more as a um, a way of life, whereas the Sith like just fear at, at all times. They they want to uh, not die, and because it's like a selfish act, um, where. Whereas the Jedi, it's like, all right, well, if if we do this, then it's more of a selfish act, too. So let's not even practice that. Mm. So hmm. I, I don't know if the younger generation has been exposed to that factor yet as heavily as the older one. Who knows? So, I mean, in my guess is it's much more just... I mean, we can speculate forever, right? right? But apparently, mm. for whatever reason... That wasn't introduced as a force power until Disney took over, and either either they didn't realize that they were introducing something that had never been included in mm-hmm. in 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 the mythology, or they just were like, we're just introducing something new because they've done that, right? Like right. It's, it's been there. They've kind of taken some liberties, right? That people some people right. like, some people don't. Yeah, but I, whatever. As far as that being a, like a like a new thing, I, I don't think it really like hurts anything else. Mm-mm. Um, I, I feel like okay, it's not like 
like the force could magically make food. That there, there I would probably have. Uh, <laughs> well, I do, I do think I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. I understand why people would right like force healing or force resurrecting mm-hmm. someone. Like I can understand people would be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Well, we've never seen that. How is that all of a sudden a thing? Right. Right. Um, and 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 if it is a thing, why wasn't it a thing before? And so on and so forth. And I get that, and I get that that you know, so it strains your 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 like, okay, well, why not then, and why now, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't. I tend to look at things more in like a separated way. Like, okay, well, the, I don't look at the prequels and and try to see the continuity because there mm-hmm. isn't going to be continuity. There isn't going to be you know, from the original trilogy to the prequels, from the prequels to the sequel era. There's some continuity, and then there's some things that are just there is no continuity. Right. Yeah. And I don't get too hung up on that. Like, it's creative. It's a creative process. People get ideas and they throw them around and they do things and and they're not sitting there saying, you know, okay, well, how can we, you know, a hundred percent of the time only do and introduce things that are established canon, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you got to have some creative liberty here to do something new or creative. Right. And I think they did that, and I think it was it was intriguing. And it's and Yoda healing baby Yoda healing grief Karga is like tips the whole episode right it's like mm-hmm. he, he was gonna kill the mandalorian now he's like totally sympathetic to mm-hmm. him and baby yoda so pretty i think that's pretty cool and uh this kind of just uh leads us not not directly to eight but more more to the end of the uh chapter itself where it le- left on a very very big uh cliffhanger and definitely a I wouldn't say it would be the best uh, cliffhanger to leave during the Christmas season, in, in my opinion. But um, but it did kind of introduce us to the new baddie that might be the uh, main antagonist for uh, the season two, uh, Moff Gideon. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought his introduction was done very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did see Breaking Bad a very long time ago, so I knew he was from that. Uh, um, uh, the actor. I, I, I'm not going to even dare try to pronounce it. Giancarlo Esposito, I believe. Oh, wow. Is his name. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, probably the more I hear it later on, I'll probably remember. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, and then... Uh, then the bikers intercept the um, uh, message that the Mandalorian was giving to Quill while Quill's taking the child to the ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they shoot him down and take the child. Mm-hmm. And then it's the end. Right. Yeah. That I, I, I was like, like, I think like everyone was just like, what? That's it? You're, I mean, I'm all for like being excited for the new, next episode, but dang, this cliffhanger was... Uh, I, I was not a huge fan of it. Really? Yeah. Like, how do you how do you mean? Like, like, I mean, I like, I definitely, I definitely knew that that stakes had to be made for for like the next episode to be like as big as it was. I knew that somebody had to go out, and I was I was right. hoping that it wasn't Quill, but right. Um, but yeah, it it was. I I think I think it was it was, again I, I think another example. Like, 
of Disney going somewhere they maybe don't typically go. Mm-hmm. Which is like, yeah, this character is just going to get killed. And this is a good guy, like mm-hmm. you know, and 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 they and they, and you don't know like that tension around them them closing in on him. You're like, oh, and and, and you're thinking. I, I I remember thinking to myself, oh, this is Disney. He's gonna make it, right? And he didn't. And I thought that was that was pretty intense. Mm-hmm. And and leaving, you know, by this point in the season, you're so sympathetic to and attached to Baby Yoda that the thought of him like. Being carried along on a, on a, in a pouch by these two s- s- scout troopers, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't sit well with anyone, right? Like, right. hey, you know, and, and of course, the beginning of the next episode gets that develops that even more. But mm-hmm. like, but um, I don't know. I, I mean, I thought I I I think um, it almost did feel like a cliffhanger that you would see maybe at the end of a season as opposed to before a finale, mm. um, which was interesting, um, but. Uh, I liked I liked this uh, and I like I like that we we got you know this you know as as imposing as the client was mm-hmm. um, Moff Gideon is even worse than him mm-hmm. like anybody's expendable for my cause right yeah um, and I thought that was really interesting and it 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 you know it created this you know what what we got in the last episode which was this. You know, our, our our heroes are in this perilous situation, and so on. Well, we're getting into episode eight now, but like that, I thought that that all set up really well, um, and got to some kind of the storytelling that I was looking for in in the season. Um, but yeah, never never fun to see Quill mm-hmm. die. But I guess it fits with his character, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's the selfless character. He doesn't ever take any reward for his service. He's he's very selfless, and he makes the ultimate sacrifice. And now he's mm-hmm. the reason why Baby Yoda is still alive, etc. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, now that we're in chapter eight, um, the beginning of it was kind of kind of threw me off. But again, uh, we we had a new director for that episode. It was uh, Taika Waititi, and then uh, so part of me was like. Oh, so it's going to kind of be like Thor Ragnarok then. And, uh, yeah, the, the beginning kind of started off on a com- somewhat of a comedic note. He or did. Like off-throwing off, off yes. tone, which he's very infamously known for. Right. Uh, if any of you guys seen Jojo Rabbit, you'll probably definitely... One of my all-time favorite movies, Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> 100%. One of my all-time favorites. So. If you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, see Jojo Rabbit. Okay, anyway, back on yeah. subject. <laughs> yep, yep. <Let's... laughs> I, thought, I thought it was interesting. It, it, mm-hmm. There was a, I mean, it was entertaining and fun and funny, right. and it was interesting. But it almost had that feel where, in my mind, I was like, ooh, is this like getting out into like <laughs> non-Star Wars territory? Like, kind of like, it kind of reminded me, even though they're very, very different, like, some of the humor in Last Jedi that people oh, had a problem yeah. with. It was like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, like the whole, hello, hello, the, the, I'll, the, I'll the hold. Phone, phone yeah. Or like yes. the, or the, or the gimmick with the, with the hardware wars, with the, where you think it's a ship and it's the iron for the, for the uh, first order uniform. Yeah. That, um, that. I thought, it, I thought it crept, yeah. like, this uh-huh. like, the feel of like the dialogue, it almost felt like it was outside the Star Wars universe. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Almost like 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 it was a parody or fan film 
kind of a feel yeah. to it. it. It felt it felt like the beginning of that uh, fan film that they made like back troops? in the night. Yeah, troops. Yes. Troops. Yes. That's exactly it what it felt like. like troops. It felt like troops. Where it was like, yeah. that's not how stormtroopers talk. Right. Um, but but mm-hmm. I thought it was really it was interesting. Um, I thought it was, and I, I mean, that's, I, I could be wrong, but I think that's probably the longest dialogue we've ever seen between two stormtroopers ever up to that point. Probably. I think it even beats out the, uh, B-16 conversation on the Death Star. I, I don't think anybody's ever, I've never heard two stormtroopers talk for that long. Right. And have an extended conversation. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit odd that it was such a like goofy kind of silly Mm-hmm. You know, like humorous conversation, you know, that, again, entertaining, um, and, 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 it, and it did enough to make them look bad, you know, oh. <laughs> like, they're pretty heartless, right? Uh, but they were yeah, goofy, was... too, and I think yes. that maybe they could have peeled back a little bit on the goofiness, mm-hmm. almost like slapstick kind of humor, but... Mm-hmm. That, that kind of leads us, like, right into, like, where they hit Baby Yoda. I'm... Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, uh... Yeah, the people that played those scout troopers got so much hate. Right. Like, way way more than, uh, than the guy who played Mayfeld in a couple of chapters before. Right. And it's like, yeah. Like, okay, first of all, hitting a baby, really? Um, but, yeah. Which, it, which it, 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 again, it was... A, it, it was uh, totally, like, off-putting. And, the, and then it kind of goes back into humor. Right. But again, that's I, I kind of expect that out of Ta- Taika Waititi, but it is something uh, little, way a little bit different in Star Wars. Right. Uh, right. So, but yeah, th- thankfully IG came in and. Oh, and I love that scene. Yes, that scene was brilliant. Just mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I mean, basically, it's like, well, I've been reprogrammed, but. My programming is going to allow me to kill you, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically, yes. mm-hmm. which is I thought was really, really a cool take on that. Like, like I'm 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 a kind, gentle being, but my pro- my primary program is to protect the child. Therefore, mm-hmm. you're you're out. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was very cool, and I and I and I and at that from that point forward, IG 11s character in the story right. in that episode is mm-hmm. like really like well even, done. even even apologizing. To the child, even though the child can't communicate. He's like, I'm right. sorry that you had to see that. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that definitely, I can see Quill saying something like that. Like, though, I doubt that even Quill could get to a point where he requires violent action. But, yeah, I, I did, again, that's kind of like a little bit of uh, Quill in the re- reprogramming that, um, mm-hmm. that, like, I thought was really... really and I neat. thought, I thought it was, I, I mean... Every time, they did so many cool things with IG-11, just Mm -hmm. physically, just in terms of, like, what he can do. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like him, how he's riding the speeder into town, like, just, like, carrying Baby Yoda, piloting the speeder, shooting people. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought that was all very, I, that's the kind of stuff, yeah, that I really enjoy, and I thought that was very entertaining. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, and then, uh. Then uh, Moff Gideon kind of shows like how threatening he is. Also in that, like, like right after that scene, mm-hmm. uh, basically, I feel like this is a guy that, um, like, has knowledge as a weapon as well as, uh, like, his well, 
He, I, I feel like knowledge is like one of the weapons in his collection that he likes to use. Right. Uh, more so than actually physical weapons, like intimidation. Well, he's and... he's he gives you the impression right away. He's like, I'm in control. I've mm-hmm. been in control the whole time. I know everything ahead of time. This is all according to that's the impression he gives, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, and and he so calmly and coldly makes it clear, like. The only thing I care about is what I'm go- I want. Like, mm-hmm. like he's not a good, good guy, right? Um, and I think that that's so well portrayed. You know, I, from everything, like, the way that the from the moment that the, all the stormtroopers come in and the and the ship, like that mm-hmm. whole like it's like this is old school imperial. Like mm-hmm. we're not good guys, right? Like we're not, and we're not. He doesn't give the impression that he's part of this like straggling, struggling offshoot of the empire he gives the impression like that he's in control Mm -hmm. right um and i really uh i really thought that was was really that whole sequence was just really well done and and very and you watch the 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 um if you watch the uh what do they officially call that making of documentary? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. The gallery. Yes. Like, like mm-hmm. my favorite thing in all of that was where they showed how they had brought in all those five hundred first stormtroopers to be in the show. And if you did, you watch that? Uh, yes. And uh, fun fact, I actually knew some of the people. Like, I, I wouldn't say like we're like super close friends, but I've actually met some of them at a celebration at one point, one point or another. And uh, they, they actually, uh, I think I knew about like the seat, like I knew about the scene with the stormtroopers ahead of time because of that. Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't know the extent of like how many there were. Yeah. Which was like, wow. Uh, I was, I was, that brought me to tears. Like <laughs> watching them, they, they spent a lot of time in that gallery episode mm-hmm. explaining that. And I mean... There's no like true like hardcore Star Wars fan that I don't know how you could if you're a true Star Wars fan, and you watch that like I don't know how that couldn't bring you to tears like right and these guys like I mean if I remember correctly they don't even know and then they show up and they're like we're gonna be in the show right uh huh like it doesn't get any better for a Star Wars fan right like someone like that all of a sudden you're 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 in the show. Right. Yeah, like just to like even without acting experience or yeah having like any like yeah like experience in that field. Your costume is all we need. Just stand here, do this. Um, man, that was cool. Mm -hmm. And I love that sequence and how that 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 you know it was the first time that we really we previous to that we'd only seen these scruffy, Mm -hmm. dirty you know stormtroopers that were with the client now we oh, get yeah. like that imperial like the the symmetry of it and like they're they're so imposing you know kind of reminded mm-hmm. me of those scenes on the death star or the second death star where oh yeah they're in they're in formation you know yeah um, and this is not a mad painting this time right this so. is and this is yeah. this is this is the imperial show of force you know um and i also really liked how how um how Moff Gideon, like, even even in in giving them time to make a decision, mm-hmm. you still know this guy's a vicious 
killer. Like he, mm-hmm. he's not a good. Like he seems like he's he's you know it's, it's actually a display of strength. Like I'm so in control that I can give you a chance to decide. You know, mm-hmm. like, I'm in control here. You know, which I thought was also really well done. Um, but what else about this? I mean, there's so much that happens at the end, right? Like, oh yeah, just like just a boatload. I mean. Like, we even get the Mandalorian's name. Right. Which... We get his helmet off. Mm-hmm. Um, we get that insanely cool flame trooper, <laughs> which I just love. Like, it's, for me, so much of Star Wars is just, like, showing me that cool shit that I've always wanted to see. Like, just give mm-hmm. me a really cool-looking stormtrooper doing really cool stuff. That was one of those moments, right? Like just the way that the flame trooper looks with the red and the white, and the mm-hmm. the way he comes into the room and just torches the place. Like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, so good, um, and and very to some degree like dark, like it's it's threatening, right? right? It's like mm-hmm. it's like we're gonna barbecue you. <laughs> um, and I loved I loved the um, the tension of that scene, like just the, the from the point from that point, right? Where like. Mm-hmm. From seven to eight, where like he's outside, you know, just like talking to them, and they're in there, like, oh, what are we gonna do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, everything. It was it was a very well done closing sequence to the whole season. I thought just um, and and the 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 the. Um, the moment with with IG Eleven and, mm-hmm. and 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 the Mandalorian, I thought was really really good, um, which and I think it perfectly set up, it perfectly set up like his IG Eleven sacrifice at the end to be yeah. even more tragic. Mm-hmm. You know, he's such a sympathetic character now, like, and then he's gonna go die. <laughs> right. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but yeah. <laughs> but once they escape and they're in that, you know that whatever that was, that lava tunnel, like lava oh, yeah. river mm-hmm. or whatever, which super, totally reminded me of Mustafar, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um, and I love that sequence. I love, like, the visual of that, like the skiff, like, on the thing with the droid. The, the R2 R- with arms and legs that freaked out everybody. Right. I uh, that <laughs> yeah, part, part of me was, like, I'm not sure I like the design of the droid, but at the same time, it's like, well, here's the thing about droids. They, like, you can make modifications. So, all right. I thought it was, I just, I like when they take something familiar and and make it look a little bit different. Yes. I think Mm -hmm. that's cool. Um, It it shows some creativity. It's not just Mm -hmm. all uniform. Um, But I love the, 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 um, just the way that whole sequence was set up, you know, as they're, inching their way out we're mm-hmm. safe oh crap we're cornered and then ig11's sacrifice i thought was mm-hmm. great i thought it was was a very well done moment like that that was a very well done his character mm-hmm. i think through the whole season um was that perfect blend of like super entertaining funny mm-hmm. and then also very sympathetic and very almost human right like right more human probably than any other character mm-hmm. um and and the way that that played out just was very it's very interesting to see a scene where it's like the, 
Oh it's, yeah, like with a character that's a so like obviously a robot and not a mm-hmm. human, and you have such a feeling of sympathy and like feeling that that sacrifice mm-hmm. and that loss, which I thought was really really well done. Yeah. Plus, like I think there like the emotional weight of that scene kind of like works as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like with the Mandalorian, um, I don't really know super know, know his background very well, but um, I can. But like from what I can tell, he didn't really have so much of a mentor figure, and um, I feel like him like being more accepting of Idea Eleven was kind of just the fact of quills uh, were programming, mm-hmm. and like I think losing Ig was kind of like the last thing of Quill that he had. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. that's what I kind of got out of it, and plus I I thought it was like really like. Um, yeah, just was just overall done very extremely well. Yeah, and even and even to the point of like how violent that explosion was, and seeing those stormtroopers just get mm-hmm. blown up basically yeah. was again pretty intense for Disney. Yeah, like those stormtroopers were blown up. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a cute little explosion or some you know. Yeah, it was like. Boom! Like you know. Yeah. Well, part of me was wondering about that, like in, a, in the first chapter, like how deadly is that explosion? Is it going to be big? I mean, it probably has to be big enough if he do, if they don't want like any, if the manufacturer of those kind of droids don't want any remnants of them around. This explosion has to be, has to be pretty pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. And um, we get we get the whole we get the scene at the end with the with um. Um, the Mandalorian, you know, latching on to oh yeah Moff Gideon's ship, which uh, I thought was was cool. It was another one of those scenes. It's like oh mm-hmm. yeah, cool Mandalorian stuff. Like show me Mandalorians like doing doing really badass stuff. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool, um, and I liked I liked that sequence, and I thought the Tie Fighter was was really well done. It was kind of cool to see. You don't get that much close. You get so much close up yeah, of the outside that. of the TIE mm-hmm. Fighter, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah. And then, um, obviously, the biggest moment of that episode, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. in many ways, maybe other than IG-11 dying, is the Darksaber oh, yes. being revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, which... It's really interesting to me mm-hmm. um, because I would guess that, you know, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I would guess that 80% of the people who watched that episode had no idea what the Darksaber was. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's my guess. I could be wrong. Well, I don't know. The general population, the, ge- the, right. the, the general viewer of a Star Wars movie... Most of the people who I, I feel like the Mandalorian is an, is appeals more to like mainstream fans or, or casual mm-hmm. fans. Like, oh well, I've seen all the Star Wars movies, so I'll watch the Mandalorian. But I haven't watched like Clone the, Wars. I haven't watched mm-hmm. Rebels. I haven't read the comic books. Yeah. So the so, Dark Saber would just be like this thing. Like, yeah, like like you you don't have to like see the Clone Wars to know that that's like somewhat of a big deal. That, and I think that really played well to um, Poloni and uh, Favreau's advantage, which they both uh, very like have a history with this certain Star Wars item. Right. 
uh, with uh, Clone Wars and uh, Rebels. Well, more so with Clone Wars. Right. And, um, yeah, I think, like, yeah, I think the, uh, like, Darksaber in there is definitely one of those things that also it's kind of like, well, I was never into Clone Wars or Rebels, but I think now it kind of gives them a reason to get into that avenue of entertainment now. And I'm really curious, I don't so. know that there's a way to know, but I'm curious, very curious, like, how many people who had never paid attention to any of that went back in and at least at a minimum did a little bit of research to try to understand what they just saw. Right. Uh-huh. Or even went back and watched all of or episodes from the Clone Wars or Rebels mm-hmm. or, or, or even other other uh, material, um, which is a brilliant move by Disney, right? It's like, yep. I think that's smart. I mean, it's like, pull it all together, you know, get people, you know, I think for a long time there was such a strong aversion <clears throat> to mingling, you know, the, like the movies, the movies always stood completely alone. They could, mm-hmm. they could ignore all of the other you know, peripheral material. And you felt like the Mandalorian might be going that direction. Like, oh, we're just going to do our own thing here. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be connected to... And then the Darksaber, to me, that's like... No, we're, we're pulling pulling all that in. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was really interesting. Um, it reminded me to some degree, although not as much, but to some degree of like the, what they did with Darth Maul at the end of Solo. Oh, it's yeah. like you end this story with this moment that the average fan would just be completely confused by. Like, oh, wait, oh, yeah. what? Mm-hmm. He's dead, right? Like, yeah. Or the Darksaber. Oh, that's really cool. But I have no idea what that is. Like, mm-hmm. what the significance of that is. But So I thought that was really cool. And I think that that's... And based on what we've heard about what season two is going to be like, mm-hmm. I'm super excited to pull all of that together, right? Like... To pull the characters in and, and make the Mandalorian story a part of the bigger stories that have already been told, which it sounds like they're gonna do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, and oh, actually, we forgot to talk about a certain scene uh, as well. Uh, the or they uh, go down to the sewers and they. Oh the, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. When he gets his when he gets his um, uh, jetpack and. And his what's the I forgot the whistling, whistling no 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 when he gets the when he gets oh the his, signet yeah when he gets his yes. signet when he gets the uh-huh. the, 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 the mud horn thing mm-hmm. um, yeah we didn't talk about any of that dang yeah the armor um, uh, to- totally being a badass to let, uh, I, yeah I, I think that was like um, my parents are like like they they're not like super into violent things. And, like, Star Wars has always been kind of an exception because there's, like, no blood, no... I mean, like, it's there was no simulated blood. violence. Yeah, very, yeah. very simulated. Very soft. Um, but, like, I think they're, like... Oh, I'm trying to... The um, scene, like, where, like, she's fighting the, all those stormtroopers and the helmet breaks. Right. Like, my parents are Shatters just Shatters like, in pieces. They're like, oh, 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 okay. Wait, what is this rated? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's... I it's love that. I love that effect yeah. uh-huh. of the of the stormtrooper armor, like, mm-hmm. cracking and breaking and shattering. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> they should do that more. <laughs> <laughs> Stormtrooper armor just always ever did was all it ever did ever before was just get dirty. Yeah, you know, have or, like maybe a blast mark on it or something. Yeah, a blast mark or like 
stop the lethalness of like blast right. blaster uh, fire, but yeah, yeah, we totally forgot about that whole sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, loved loved everything about um, him getting the armor and the and and, and the jetpack, of course, which was mm-hmm. cool because he says at the end of what episode three is yep. it? Like, mm-hmm. Boy, I need to get me one of those. Yeah, and then he gets one, which which for me is like. Cool, I get to see him fly around. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the only reason I want him to have it, right? Um, and then I, I really liked, I liked how his signet um, is intricately tied to Baby Yoda, mm-hmm. right? Like his signet is about an encounter that he didn't survive mm-hmm. on his own. So I thought that was very cool, and I think she maybe even mentioned that, right? If I'm not mistaken, but either way, thought that was very cool. I'm pretty sure I knew that ahead of time. I think there was some spoiler stuff out there online that showed that Mudhorn signet beforehand. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it on his armor before, like prior to that. No, I've seen it around, but I just didn't really. I thought it was just like a crab claw at first, <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, that. Yeah, just that. Yeah, just that scene, and plus, like, it kind of gives us a look at what we're going to be experiencing for the second season. Like, he kind, she kind of sets him on a path uh, that now he has to follow, right? Which is to return, return him to where he's from. Which that would be interesting because they never really, we don't really get a backstory on where he's from outside of. Uh, we um, don't. We don't know. And we yeah. we still Outside we get to, of his age. we get to the end of the season with very few answers about the child. Mm-hmm. We still don't know what the client wanted with him. We don't know what that what appeared to be that Kaminoan scientist mm-hmm. wanted. We don't know. We we end that season with almost no answers about the child's origins. Um, how he fits into the story other than his, you know, companionship with the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And I found that interesting. I like, I mean, so then when you watch the trailer for season two and she's, she's talking about bring him back to his kind or to his people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, okay, are we going to get some answers this time? Like, mm-hmm. I really want to know, like, I still don't know, like, is this a clone or is this something that they were trying to clone either way? Very intriguing. Mm-hmm. And, and where did they, if, if they're trying to, if they, if they captured him because they want to try to clone him, where'd they get him? Yeah. Where, where, where's baby Yoda planet? Right. Like, like mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because, and it, because if he's, if he's, if he himself is already a clone, where'd they clone him from? Mm-hmm. From, from Yoda? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah, or and plus it was kind of interesting how she was talking about the Jedi as like enemies. Mhm. Uh, so so that I mean like that's nothing like that's not new information cuz we've seen that in the Clone Wars. Right. So but a lot of fans don't know yeah. that storyline mm-hmm. and I think it's really interesting like like are we going there? Are they going to are they in season 2 are we going to are we going to get more about the history of the Jedi? As it relates to the Mandalorians, and are we going to get Jedi? Like, or like see how like 
how structured is the new Jedi Order under Luke Skywalker at that point? Or yeah. is it or is it just like is it like even existing at that point or is it like in its like genesis? Um because like I know for I know like in the canon like he's like going off looking for certain artifacts like at, like like at the start like right after uh, Return of the Jedi uh, which they do kind of touch on um, Battlefront 2's storyline right um, but is this like the point where like Luke's like all right I got what I need I'm gonna try to start this uh, new Jedi Order I need to look for Force sensitive people are we are we gonna be at the point where he's found a good majority of them or is it like, or is it like still like throwing out applications for that? Right. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. I've heard some people speculate about how close this storyline will get to what little we know of Luke's storyline at this time. Because mm-hmm. this is this timeline is Luke is alive. Luke is in the universe. Mm-hmm. He's he is actively training and seeking Jedi. Um, is are those storylines going to, you know, intersect? Mm-hmm. Part of me wants them to, right? <laughs> but there's another part of me that doesn't, I... because we have no hint of this. Now that 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 sequence, that part of Luke's history, right, which a lot of people say they want to see treated out somewhere, yeah, of of Luke's time between, essentially. The end of Return of the Jedi and what we know of him in Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker, Last mm-hmm. Jedi, whatever. Um, like, I don't know. There's a part of me that, like, some people have even speculated: Is Mark Hamill going to show up in the show? I don't as think Luke? so. I don't think so either. Uh, um, which is weird because uh, he said he was in the show. Um, which he did. I, yes, he was apparently um, in uh, Chapter Five. That uh, droid. At the oh, candy, oh, oh, oh. yep, yeah, that was that was Mark Hamill. Right, 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 right. But he wasn't in there as Luke. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Will he even be mentioned? Right, like, will it be hinted at? Oh, there's this, there's this uh, group of uh, those sorcerers are making a comeback or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, or did she mean? Is she mean? Does she mean go find the other Yodas? Yeah. Or does or she mean Jedi. go find the Jedi? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like they're insinuating they're more talking about the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're getting into all of the speculation about season two, which, right. is, which is great because we're right, it's coming up. Yep, it's coming up very soon, about two to three weeks. So, yeah, I was going to ask uh, what we're hoping for for season two, but I think that really kind of just covers it. I mean, well, I'm, unless, I'm, unless you have like, I'm definitely my hope for season two is number one. I personally want to see fewer filler episodes. I want to see fewer mm-hmm. fewer episodes that absolutely do nothing to propel the storyline. Okay. Or at least if they're going to be filler episodes or standalone episodes, they need to be really well done and, and give me something about this character mm-hmm. and their development that carries over yeah. into the main storyline. Okay, yeah. Plus, And plus I think with the... Um... With how like the first season was structured a bit, you could tell when they were deviating from the main story, like right after three, and then went back to the main story at seven. I think mm-hmm. with uh, where the Mandalorian is off on his journey with the child, 
I think it kind of makes it a little bit more better to hide the fact that you're going to be told a filler story as opposed to, uh, to telegraphing it. Like, yeah. Okay, just didn't so you know. This has nothing to do with the rest of the story. Yeah, I think, I think it's like... <laughs> I mean, it's not that it has nothing to do with right. it because the characters are involved and you're getting... It gives you a sense of history with the characters. Mm-hmm. And I get that. And every show does that to some degree. Yep. Um, but I just feel like it was, like you said, too was, deliberate, it was, it was too clear. Too noticeable. It's like I could uh, have skipped time. those three episodes. And I, if I watched... What episodes one, two, and six, seven, eight? It would have been fine. Um, I hope they don't do that. Um, I do hope that they expand the story, and I do hope that they expand "quote unquote" the universe and make this a bigger story, mm-hmm. um, and not just make it just more adventurers with Mandalorian and Baby Yoda, like. Mm-hmm. I want their story to still be there, but I want it to become part of a much bigger story. Mm-hmm. Right? Like there's other things going on all around them mm-hmm. that neither of them are aware of, right? Like I love that they kind of been seen like the Mandalorians like sorcerers, you know, enemy sorcerers and and mm-hmm. and baby Yoda his, he's completely innocent, right? Like he has no idea you know, right. he has no idea that we all see him and go, Yoda, like, you know, like, you're so important. You know, he's just mm-hmm. a little guy, like, trying to survive with the Mandalorian. Like, I really do, I love the idea of opening that up and using this show to expand out and make this a much bigger story that connects to other stories. I love mm-hmm. the rumors about Ahsoka being in there in live action, mm-hmm. personally. Um, prospects of Boba Fett or Cobb Vanth being in mm-hmm. the story like i like the idea of expanding this out um i hope they do that um yeah this is where i get more in like the the energy that's currently going on right like right. all of the conversations that are going on. i really i'm i'm really hopeful that that's what they do and i and i'm very pleased with um the fact that dave filoni and and john favreau created you know continue to work together and are creative forces behind this because mm-hmm. I, it just has so much potential and and right now let's be really let's be honest like the mandalorian is saving star wars mm-hmm. star wars yep. is in trouble without the mandalorian so they need to get this right yeah and plus like with the rise of skywalker being like well it's done like the skywalker saga is done so we have no movies for quite a while and probably for quite a while more due to the state current state of the world right now yeah uh, and even like even with the state of the world right now we need something to kind of um, look forward to now mm-hmm. and, de- and it's definitely the Mandalorian mm-hmm. there is um, nothing else in the Star Wars universe other than the High Republic material right which you, is very I st- outside the mainstream mm-hmm there's nothing to look forward to. I mean, I was even reading it. Like, they're not even going to start filming the Obi-Wan series until March of 2021. Mm-hmm. We're not getting anything new, I don't think. Not, not Other than The Mandalorian time. and these the High Republic books and comics. Mm-hmm. And so The Mandalorian is, is Star Wars right now. Mm-hmm. It is Star Wars. And man, they got to get it right. They got to get it right, and they got to figure out how they're going to use it to launch other successful mm-hmm. things. Because right now, 
it's like literally like the the Mandalorian is literally carrying the entire Star Wars brand on its shoulders, like mm-hmm. almost exclusively. Um, so I really hope they get it right. I really hope that that by the end of season two, like Mandalorian fever reaches an even higher right pitch than it already has. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my hope. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, and like my my hope is that it it yeah it is. My hope is that it's good too as well. Um, uh, even though I do have a unpopular opinion about like bringing in uh, already uh, established former characters in, I still think that the characters should be able to stand on their own, not have too heavily rely on the other uh, characters. Uh, a big example of that was like the or uh, uh, season two. Uh, where uh, the Soka Invader episode and just the case of me just saying the Soka versus Vader episode it kind of just it already just kind of shows what what was the priority for me in that episode it wasn't wasn't Ezra it wasn't uh, Kanan Um, to an extent it wasn't Maul um, but it was already pre-established characters Mm -hmm. so my hope is that the Mandalorian doesn't fall into that trap uh, with bringing these character, with bringing established characters in, but I, 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 I feel like that it's going to be more of like what I've heard, which I think makes the most sense, mm-hmm. is that they might just like Ahsoka's in there for one episode. She's mm-hmm. in and out. It gives her that continuity of her storyline interweaving with this storyline, so they can launch her show. Oh, okay. Or so they can launch, you know, another another property for her. That's okay. my impression. Yeah, that, that I could, could be that wrong. Really could work. I I would actually really be okay with that. Um, it's a smart way to introduce the character again. Like, there's a lot of people. They they. I'm still convinced that there's a lot of fans that never watched Clone Wars. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have they've heard of Ahsoka. Oh, I've heard that. Yep. But uh, they couldn't tell you anything about mm-hmm. the character. You know, um, it's because Ahsoka has never been in a movie. She's never been in a live action anything. Mm-hmm. Um, she only exists in largely in Clone Wars and Rebels. Um, um, yeah, but I, that's a good point. You bring up a good point though, I think, which is that that that's the that's the dilemma of Star Wars, right? It's mm-hmm. like how do you? Because on the one hand, Star Wars is really still largely dependent on yeah. existing characters and images and motifs and myths and things. I mean, that, I think that was kind of the biggest thing with the sequel trilogy. Like a lot of people went into this trilogy thinking that it was just mainly a continuation story of Luke, Han, and Leia, and then when they find out that it's just mostly about characters that they don't even know about, they feel very alienated by that. Right. I I went in there hoping that the new characters couldn't hold up on their own, and to some extent they can. I thought um, that they did personally. So. Yeah. I think I think Ray. Yeah, I, Ray, Ray holds I, I, I don't, you know, It's it's very interesting to me right. how many people dislike Ray. I thought Ray was a. I enjoyed Ray as a character. Mm-hmm. I, I thought her performance was Daisy Ridley was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I cared about that character. She's she's a victim like all the other characters to the ways that I think that the sequel trilogy was mishandled. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you got these other she, she's just an actress going out there and doing the role that they give the script and the role that they give her. But like mm-hmm. she didn't get. To, she, she didn't write the write the story, right. you know. But I think, yeah, I think I think that 
I think I, I remember coming out of, of Rise of Skywalker thinking I really felt like when I walked out of Rise of Skywalker, my primary emotions were connected to the new characters, mm-hmm. not to Han, not to Luke, not to Leia. Mm-hmm. I think that that was done well. I think that it was a great way to like tie them both together. You know, they're, yep. uh, and, and I think that Disney, the, 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 the trick of Disney, what they seem to be most afraid to do is to just go like way over here and do something completely unconnected, at least it can't be completely unconnected. Otherwise it's not Star Wars, but something that's just mm-hmm. way outside the existing timelines with no familiar characters, no familiar places and spaces, mm-hmm. and do something completely different. I don't know. I'm not saying that I necessarily even want that, but Disney's been unwilling to do that. Mm-hmm. And until they do that, they're going to be, you know, oh, remember this person? Put them in there yeah. real quick. You know, hey, we're going to do a Darth Vader thing. We're going to do an Obi-Wan thing. I personally am happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very happy with that. But they could do something else, too. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to do that. I think that they learned from Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, oh, we can't take too much liberty right. mm-hmm. with this franchise. The fans don't, don't like that too much, which I kind of more and more of those people. <laughs> anyway, I'm rambling, but like, I, I think that I, what, I, what I enjoy and what I hope that they'll do with The Mandalorian is... But I think the smart thing to do is, is is make the Mandalorian still about the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda and that story, mm-hmm. but use it. It's it's your lifeline. It's your, it's the way that Disney can 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 spin off and and you know create some momentum because you can't just mm-hmm. keep just doing just doing the Mandalorian. Like you're right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to have something else in this day and age. Like if you're just spitting out eight or ten episodes of a show once a year, and then the rest of the year it's like. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to get drowned out. There's so much going on in media. Like, how do you keep Star Wars, like, you know, mm-hmm. at the front, which is where it should be, right? Yep. So, yeah, I think that will be the end of our uh, Mando meetings, which I thought was... It's a good. It's a yeah, good, it's good. It's a good primer for what we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, when we actually are watching season two, mm-hmm. which is uh, super exciting. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll get back to you on like what we're planning to do. Um, we're we're kind of just in the early stage of just talking. Uh, we I I actually have to watch it with multiple people uh, during the weekends. So um, yeah, we might we might do a reaction video to that i just need to do a little bit homework on my end to make it presentable um and also um if you if you like the show please uh spread the word that is i'm just trying to think (laughs) of what else what else has to be said i know i'm gonna edit this part out but um well if you want want to follow us you can follow us on uh any uh social media platform whether it be uh facebook um twitter or instagram uh, on Twitter, you can follow us at Trench Run Report. And if you want to follow us individually, uh, you can follow Aaron at Bro Russo on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And uh, I am BootsFet1 on Twitter and Instagram. 
And uh, we'll and uh, oh yes, the uh, giveaway um, that we're doing on Twitter. Uh, we are doing a free giveaway. We have a uh, Lego uh, brick heads or uh, the Mandalorian and the child. Uh, we're giving that away for free. And all you have to do is uh, follow us on Twitter and also share the uh, giveaway tweet. And that, that gives us a little bit more confirmation on who's uh, qualified and who isn't. And at the, big, and at the end of our uh, Season 2 Mando meetings, we'll be announcing the winner of the prize. And then and we'll also send you a message saying that you've won the prize. And then we'll mail the uh, Lego set to you uh, immediately. Um, and I, th I think that covers it. So until then, we will see you guys at the end of the beginning with Amanda Meetings uh, Season 2. So uh, until then, uh, may the Force be with you. Always.